All right, let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of uh, Genesis, chapter number 24. And we'll begin reading in verse 62 down through verse number 67. I will confess that the messages this week have been heavy and have been searching. And... uh, The next time I come, I'm going to try to hunt up some sweet sermons. I'll try to change gears and get you something sweet. But these are the thoughts that the Lord has placed upon my heart. Amen. And I have called them because that's how I've seen them as he's spoken to me. These these are life-changing truths. Yes, sir. That if they ever get a hold of you, uh, they'll make a difference in how you live. I'm thinking about this matter of, uh, of, of thanking, thanking. My, how that uh, just thinking about thanking can keep you out of so much trouble and uh, can do so much for you as it did for Joseph. In everything, give thanks. I guess that means that you can give thanks in everything. And uh, what a difference it'll make in your life. And uh, then we we preached uh, on this matter of forgiving, forgiving, and uh, tried to emphasize that great truth that is so weighty. I I, I don't know if I could em- I don't know if I emphasize just jump run through this. It is so weighty. But did you know that that being forgiven and forgiving, they're they're so close and so kin that you can't have one without the other. Amen. And I go as far as to say that if you're an individual that lives off of uh, bickering and, and, uh, and uh, uh, bitterness and you're always seeing what somebody else is doing, it may be, it may be. And let me just say it this way. If you have a heart, if you cannot seem to bring yourself to forgive, you probably have never been forgiven. Because that comes hand in hand. As a matter of fact, here's how weighty it is. If we take it lightly and we say, well, I'll just tell you what, I ain't going to forgive them. He said, you won't forgive them, I won't forgive you. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I don't want to, run, want to run around with unforgiven sin in my life. Well, I didn't mean to go that far with it, but anyway. And then we looked last night at that, that life-changing truth of uh, giving, giving. And uh, I want to be a part of what the Lord's doing in this ministry of giving, don't you? I want to witness His work firsthand, not because of what everybody else has done, but because He's allowed me. To be right there and and either to uh, give it up or to serve it up or pick it up. It doesn't matter. I just want to be a part of that. But I want us to look here in these verses tonight. I'll read them. And I want to go to, for a few moments, another weighty doctrine and truth that permeates Everything that God does. And it is the word loving. Loving. Uh, Thanking. uh, Forgiving. Giving. And then there is this matter of loving. 
Let's read these verses here. And Isaac came from the well of Leheroah, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. He lifted up his eyes and saw. And behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. She had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife. And here's the next phrase that I'm interested in. It's the most important phrase in this whole story in Genesis chapter 24. The Bible said, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I want to preach for a few moments on this, this, this ministry of loving. Or this, this ministering of loving. Seeing how that God has loved us first, the Bible said. And that's the reason why we can love Him back. But it also enables us to love one another. And so it is one of those, one of those boomerang truths that just keeps working in a circuit and it will constantly make its way back to you in this overflowing uh, love of God. Now you probably know the story here in Genesis uh, chapter number 24. Uh, I may sing another song. Would that be alright? I don't know if you've heard this one or not. But it is Genesis chapter 24. And of course it's about a wonderful father. Who sends a wonderful servant into a far off country to get a wonderful bride to bring her back to his wonderful son so that there might be a wonderful wedding. And of course it's an Old Testament time of the Holy Spirit coming into this world and putting together a bride, you and me. And one of these days we're going to hear the call, the Lord's coming, he's going to take his bride home and there's going to be a wedding in the sky. Now there's a song that I heard years ago, and it came back to me today. Hope, hopefully I can, I can get it. If not, I'll get portions of it. It goes like this. T'was a day in early springtime by an ancient wayside well. Eliezer paused to rest his camel train. He had found a bride for Isaac ere the evening shadows fell. Oh, his weary journey had not been in vain. So he took the fair Rebecca, decked in jewels rich and rare, back to Abraham and Isaac far away. There Rebecca loved her Isaac, and he loved Rebecca fair. Oh, it must have been a happy wedding day. Oh, get ready, the evening shadows fall. Can't you hear the Eliezer call? 
There's going to be a wedding. Our joy will soon begin. In the evening when the camel train comes in. Woo! The emphasis. Isaac loved his fair Rebecca. And she also loved Isaac. And the little phrase that is in that text, verse 67, And he loved her. There's a lot that took place in this text. But I'm going to tell you something. If you take that little phrase out of there, nothing means anything. And there's a whole lot that has happened in this old world. But I'm going to tell you, if you take Calvary out of it, it don't mean much. But aren't you glad that you can know for God so loved? Yes. And this is the very, well, as a matter of fact, it's the greatest command in the Bible. All the other commands rest upon this command of loving God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And love is the prism, get this, love is the prism through which all God's works and words are to be seen if they are to be received. You get that? Did you hear that? The very love of God. And God is what? Love. Wow. (laughs) God is love. And love is the prism through which all God's words and works are to be seen if we are to receive them. We must see them through God's love. For instance, salvation can only be received through the love of God. I know that because the Bible said, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Salvation is based upon this great truth, overwhelming truth of love, God's love. Did you know the work of the Holy Spirit is only made real through the love of God? The Bible said the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) First thing the Holy Ghost will do is he'll show you God's love through God's Son and then he'll enter in and bring that love with his Spirit. And you'll get to loving folks you never thought you could love. Preacher was talking about his experience and Years ago, I can remember going to that first little church that I'd ever been to, little old storefront church. And I remember the preacher preaching. And I don't know, in that church, after they'd get done preaching, the, uh, the deacon would give the invitation. And after going on three occasions, somebody asked me how I liked it. I said, well, I'll tell you right now, I don't like that bald head deacon. I said, why? I said, because he points his finger at me every time he gives the invitation. And I done decided that me, his world and my world wasn't never coming together. But on one Sunday afternoon, walking down that little alley all by myself, guess who showed up? Amen. And he took what was in my head and brought it down to my heart. 
And I'm going to tell you, the next time I saw that bald-headed deacon, I somehow couldn't figure out why I loved him, but I did. And I loved, I, 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 wanted, I, I, you often, I didn't even just, I can't say I fell in love. It just happened. It blowed up inside of me. Till I began to love the Word of God. I began to love the songs of Zion. I began to love, I, I just love the house of God. I, I love the things of God. I just, I just love the people of God. Why? Because when He saved me, He put that primary, that primary spirit within me. His love. Did you know even chastisement, if you don't see it right, it'll make you bitter, but chastisement has nothing to do with God being mad. It has everything to do with His love. You can't receive even chastisement if you don't receive it through the lens of God's love. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. Even the truth of God, what I'm preaching right here. The Bible said, but speaking the truth in love. Whoo, sounds like it's all saturated with this all-important spirit that is called love. And when God had, had, a, had to deal with the church there, uh, in, uh, in the book of the Revelation, he, he said that my problem with you is you're real active, but you've left your first love. Yeah. Yeah. Left your first love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God sent His only begotten Son into this world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. <laughs> See how that just works around and around and around. Coming from God to you and going out of you into somebody else. And coming right back and going to God. Where love reigns. Supreme, life will be joyful. Listen to this, whether in wealth or in poverty. I'm going to tell you the most precious place to be on earth is not necessarily in the home of somebody that's healthy or wealthy, but it's somebody in whom God has invested His love and they constantly express that love. And where love reigns supreme, life will be joyful whether in wealth or in poverty. <laughs> Spurgeon said, I have no doubt that where there is much love, there will be much to love. And where love is not, faults will be aplenty. <laughs> I just keep feeling like I need to say these things again. Just to give them myself. I have no doubt that where there is much love, there will be much to love. And where love is not, faults will be a plenty. Yes, sir. I'm noticing in these verses how that Isaac is loving. 
in sync with and in harmony with all that God has planned for his life. Right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Anything less than that is feelings gone astray. It's passion out of control. It's no more than lust. Unless it is love that is permeated from the very heart of God and uh, continues on the path and the plan that God has designed for, your, designed for your life and my life. Love is not a cheap commodity just to be thrown around. We're not to be like Samson who just loved a woman or Solomon who loved many women. As a matter of fact, the Bible said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. This thing called love and especially God's love is too precious for us to just allow it to be cast aside or be expended on lesser things. But He is... Loving Rebecca because he is in sync. His heart, his heart, his heart is in sync with everything God is doing in his life. Amen. Oh, I'm going to tell you that abounding love that is in our hearts and lives. God has placed it there because you need that more than you need anything else. And folks around you need that. And God's going to work out His plan through His love. He always does. If anything's ever going to be accomplished in this church, it'll have to be done because you love one another with the same love that God loved you. And when that ceases to be, folks will be a penny and things fall apart. Homes can only really be established through this principle of the true love of God that abounds in our hearts. And because it does, it abounds one toward another. Now, I'm thinking about this ministry of loving. Ministry of loving. Oh, how God ministered love to us in abundance. And then how He allows us to minister love to those who are around us. And how that, that love accomplishes His purposes and His plan like, did you hear me, like nothing else if anything's going the love of Christ the love of Christ constraineth me if anything is going to work in the changing of the hearts of the men and women and boys and girls in this world it's going to have to be through the love of God Amen. through the love of God Husbands, straighten your wives out. Or is that what he said? He said, love your wives. Yes. And the only thing that's going to keep that home where it needs to be is going to have to be love. That's right. And if you'll go on over there to Titus chapter 2, he says the same thing. To, he said, the elder women said, you teach the young ladies to love their husbands. And I'll tell you, when that is the very basis of the home, if that's the very basis of the church, 
if that is the very basis of our relationship to this world, that we ask God that He might shed abroad that Lord, fill my way every day with love. Because this old world needs to sense not hate, not envy, not jealousy, not anger, not justice. But they need the love of God. Now, I just want to say three or four things about this matter of the ministry of love. And oh, how complete, how full, how necessary, how impossible to ever, ever experience anything that God's doing outside of the realm of God's love and how ever, how impossible to ever do anything for God outside the realm of His love. I don't care how it sounds when you sing. I don't care how it sounds when you preach. I don't care how it looks when you do it or build it or whatever it is. If it's not saturated and does not come out of the love of God it will not avail oh boy and our churches in this hour have darted off in so many directions and claimed that they've found some answers for for sinners for this old world and they've left the love of God so far behind Now let me just mention these, these, uh, these things. I would say to you in the ministry of love that what Isaac is doing when the Bible said he loved her. How tragic it would be to have children and that not be the heart of it. That's he right. loved her. That's right. How tragic it is to be called brother and sister in a physical family and that be absent. He loved her. How tragic to be the son or daughter of a, uh, uh, of a father and a mother and that be absent. He loved her. I can't think of anything that would be as, as, uh, as heartbreaking and as devastating in any relationship if this is absent. But if it's present, it seems like that everything comes together like it ought to come together. Camels and far off countries and, and servants and maidens. It all come together if God's love brings it together. You can have the worst of situations. And I'm going to tell you, you put a dose of God's love in there with somebody's heart. Somebody's heart and you watch what happens. God will do an amazing work. Uh, first thing. Isaac and that he loves Rebecca and that little old phrase that is so important. What he is doing is he's a loving, he is loving the very direction of God in his life. The reason why she is here is not by happenstance. She didn't stumble into the tent. She is sent there, directed there by God Almighty. And how precious it is to realize that you are where you are and God has put your life together because He has put some things there that He wants you to love. And you are privileged to express that love to and what it does for you and them too. That God brought it together to be loved. Notice how this 
connects in this in these verses. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think I'm, I maybe have gotten the thought across. But look in verse 62. The Bible said, and Isaac. I'm noticing the direction in this passage of what brought, brought them together so he could love her. Look at it. How God has, has brought this together. How God has, has uh, sent her in this direction. And Isaac came from the way of the well of Hurrah. Verse 63, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field, and he lifted up his eyes. Verse 64, and Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. And then in verse 66, and the servant told Isaac all things that he had done, and Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, she became his wife, and... <laughs> you can just follow it like a beam right through there. How God Almighty sins, bombards your life with loving things Amen. to love you and that you can love back. Yes, sir. That's right. yes. Don't have Paul's five youngins here that have been here this week. I'm going to tell you something. I can get around them young and some grand young and my heart just melts. And the one thing that I want them to know when they leave my presence, I want them to know personally, each one of them, that I love them. Not with just a human love, but with a divine love because that is possible. And a good pay love to know that they've been loved by the heart of a man with the heart of God. That God's loving them through me. And every kiss and every hug and every song has one plan behind it. It's got an ulterior motive. I want them scallywags and scuttlebugs to know that God loves them. And it's put it in this heart to do so. Because they've been sent my way. They've been made a part of my life. They've been given to me in a loving way to love back. Aren't you glad God gave me some things to love? <laughs> Woo! That little bride right there. Soon be 40 years. Or I know we neither one look at her, but it's but 40 years. Huh? But God put us together. Not to straighten one another out. We've tried it. They don't work. He put us together that the greatest ingredient that, that we have found in these 40 years is love. Divine love. Divine love. We were doing some work around the house the other month, a few months back. She said, honey, if we was rich, we could do this upright. I thought about it for a minute, and it just come across my mind. I said, nah, if we was rich, we wouldn't even be married. <laughs> she said, why? I said, well, we've been so mad at each other at times. We had enough money, we'd have both parted ways. <laughs> the only reason why we didn't, we knew we'd have to sleep under a bridge somewhere. <laughs> Couldn't make it apart from one. So we come to the conclusion, we both come to the conclusion that we're glad that we're not... We're not people of a lot of means because there's one thing that's kept us together through these years, and it's money. It's the fact that we didn't have any. <laughs> 
We stayed poor enough, long enough to find out that it was God's love keeps you together anyhow. Isaac is loving that which God has directed toward him. And I, you can just amplify that in your own heart. How many, I mean, he gave you those children. He gave, he put that love in you for that wife, for that husband, even for that brother. Hey, he even put that enemy near you on the job because he said, I want you to find out you can do the impossible. You can love your enemy. That's how strong that love is. You can love your enemy. Second thing. Isaac, in that the scripture said he loved her. Not only was loving what God had sent in his direction. He was, he was loving the very direction of God in his life. Here she comes, boy. And all I want you to do is love her. But I want you to know that he is, in that he is loving her, he is also privileged to love the very destiny of God in his life. Now, if you know the book of Genesis, you know how that Abraham has been given a promise. That through him the promised seed would be born. Not just Isaac, but ultimately the Savior, which is Christ. That's what God had in mind when he said to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child in the old age. Yes, it's going to be Isaac, but it was more than Isaac. He was, he was going to bring a family out of that, a nation out of that, and ultimately a son out of that that would save the whole world. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God had a promised Destiny, And it came through Abraham. And then one day Abraham put his hands on Isaac. And God Almighty made that same promise to him. Right. Right. Amen. Yes. But hey. He's going to have to love somebody for this promise to be fulfilled. Because that destiny is going to have to continue. It's going to come through Abraham. It's going to come to Isaac. And then there's going to be a Jacob. But they ain't going to be no Jacob if Isaac doesn't love Rebekah. That stops everything God's doing. Yeah. If you want to put the brakes on God in your life, you stop loving and honey, you put on the brakes and you'll know you put on the brakes. Yes, but honey, though you don't know the fortitude, you don't understand and there's no way to comprehend the fullness of what God is doing tomorrow in your life today. Just know that eternal purposes always work out of the love of God in your heart. Yes, this story is not just about Rebecca. This story is not just about Isaac. This story is involving from eternity to eternity. When God said, I'm going to have a son. He's going to be a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But I'm going to tell you, 
saying something. He's going to come out of this little old text right here in time as God walks through eternity. And Isaac didn't realize that when he fell in love, he was falling in love with the destiny and the promises of God for his life. God was going to do something eternal. Just what's happening for today nor tomorrow with our emotions, our feelings. Those things are, are daily. Those things are, start, are caught in the rut of time. They're hung up in tradition. But the love of God is something that flows from eternity to eternity. And what happens is, is when you start loving, God plugs you into that flow of His love and the current of His love and the power of His love and you become a part of the eternal workings of God. You see, there's more to it. There's more to it than some preacher preaching the gospel and me hearing it and just me being saved and me preaching the gospel and just you being saved. But I'm going to tell you that current, once the love of God strikes, it don't never stop. It'll just keep on moving through time all the way out through eternity. And here in our text, he's saying, Isaac's saying, here's a, here's a man, here's a man, but he's caught up in divine things. And it's more than just a physical thing. He's loving, he, he's loving the, very, the very promises and destiny of God. I'm going to tell you something. When I, and I keep... We always use the word fall out. But anyway, when I fell in love with that girl right there, I fell in love with the eternal workings of God in my life. And I knew it. And hey, even before I met her, she had already surrendered to be a preacher's wife. She said... The one that God sends my way to love will be a part of his eternal destiny in my life. Amen. I'm not just going to marry a man or marry a woman and just live in time and raise youngins and get buried and that be the end of it. I want something that's going to show up because of God's love in eternity. As it did with Christ himself. For God so loved the world. And in time, he sent his son to die on a cross. But honey, that wasn't all there was to it. He was doing an eternal work that will never stop. That we'll enjoy in eternity. It is destiny. Can you imagine? Oh boy. I can see old Isaac just... You know, they've been married a while, and he breaks down, and he says, Honey, Rebecca, I, I just, I want to tell you something. I'm I, I just going to tell you what's happened in my life. And he goes back and starts talking about his daddy and how God had touched his daddy. And then, he, and then maybe he talks about how, how he went with his daddy up Mount Moriah, and, and it was going to be sacrificed, and how that ram 
uh, was sacrificed instead. And, and he talks about how that God had made a promise and, 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 and he's just he's so caught up in, in the work of God in his life. Then I can see him look into her eyes and I see the tears rolling down her cheek and she said, you know, it wasn't exactly like that, but he's working on my side too. He said, I didn't realize it when I went out just to get a bucket of water and run into a servant out there. And he started telling me about a far off country I never heard of. Told me about a wonderful father and had a wonderful son. Offered him up and put everything in his name. And said the son, all the son wanted was me. All he wanted out of this world was me. And the whole reason he sent you was for me. <laughs> and about that time they reached over and hugged one another and said, Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God reached that way and reached that way and brought us together where love could take hold? God's doing works that we could never imagine. Out of that little old four-letter word, love. That, it, that, that it's deeper than just human passion. God, you can just see God's working in this. And what's, what good, what good, what good is Genesis chapter 1 all the way to chapter 24? If this don't happen, it stops right there. But then the last thought I'll give you is this, this ministry of love that we must operate in and out of. This ministry of love is not only what God has sent in His direction to be loved and not only that which God has, has destined for His life in this matter of love, an eternal working but I notice that this love, and here's where this love comes right back to you. You'll never give out love, but what it won't boomerang right back in your direction. That's the way love works. That's the reason why we love him. You know why? It boomeranged. He loved us, and it just Amen. kept on going back. That's right. That's right. And then it went this way. And you get to love them one another. And it's amazing you get to love them folks you never even knew and folks you care. I mean, you know, you 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 run in I've run into I've run into folks, I've been in, I've been with folks, I just hear a while back. I walked in the fellow's uh, presence and shut and I uh, in spirit my heart was just so full of love for him and, and I just I, I, I can't explain it. You you can't explain those things. That's just the way love is. It'll ignite you. Yes, Brother, big things happen in little places where love takes charge. But notice how this thing comes back to him now. There is not only this love that comes into his direction, this love that comes into his destiny, but I want you to notice how this love has a measure of deliverance to it. And man, does God's love have deliverance to it, huh? But children, understand that that same love of God that could deliver you from such a pit of sin as it did me is that same love that he wants to operate through you and let this world see so they can be delivered. What's it say after that verse? The Bible said, and he loved her 
And we wouldn't even have known this had it not been for that phrase, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. There's things that can happen and need to happen in your heart that only love can accomplish. And especially the love of God. There is a deliverance. And what that little emphasis there is, when it says, and Isaac was comforted, what it is saying is, is when his, when his mother died, it left a void inside of him. And honey, I'm going to tell you, when Adam fell, it left a void in every human that's ever been born in this world. But I'm going to tell you something, 47 years ago, that void got filled. I got completed. I was comforted by the love of God. Just to see that, I love to come here. You don't have to ask Brother Cecil to testify. He testifies all the way down the Amen. I guess everybody comes in. <laughs> I love it. It just looks at your eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> you sort of feel that something really happened to him. <laughs> and the tears are flowing. And you say to yourself, here is a man of God. Here is a man that is complete. Why? Because of God's love. And it has completed everything else in his life. It's brought it all together. I wish I could say this right. Isaac, things have been brought together. That's what Jesus has been doing, is putting them right together. He's got a completion, but he makes it out of his love. That's why he's a worker on that side. But hey, I want to tell you something. There There needed to be a completion on her side also. Because you think about it. Had there been no Isaac, and this little little phrase right here was not so, you and I would have never known a girl by the name of Rebecca. We wouldn't have known she even existed. Wouldn't have been no reason. That's right. Because she was a nobody going nowhere when she went out to get that little bit of water. And when she went out to get that little bit of water, that servant began to tell her about a somebody somewhere. (laughs) That come up for a nobody out of nowhere. And said, I'm telling you now, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful father, and he's got a wonderful son, and everything that father owns, and he's a wealthy, he owns it all over there. He's put it, already put it in the name of his son, and his son wants to put it in your name. As a matter of fact, I've just brought you a little, few little trinkets because I wanted you to see a little bit of what he's got. You remember that? Yes, he took sir. those jewelry and earrings. Yeah. He said, I'd like for you to see what all he's got. Because what he wants to do by loving you is to pull you up into his everything. That's right. <laughs> Have you ever thought about where you come from and where you're headed? And eternity, eternity would have been sight concerning you and me had he not loved us. Right, 
That's right. Yeah. But when he did, he took a little old 14 year old boy, raised in an alcoholic's home with no mama, and had nowhere to go <laughs> and nothing to offer. Yes. <laughs> and wrote my man down in heaven. Amen. Got me a mansion prepared. <laughs> Amen. And said I was joint heirs. That don't mean he's got half and I got half. Means we both own it all. I'm amused these little stories that we all tell about when we get to heaven, Simon Peter's at the gate, your little jokes. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Simon Peter ain't going to have to be at the Why would he have to come meet me at the gate when I own what's up there? Amen. You think they ain't going to know me? Amen. My name's on the title of He said so. I've already got the earnest of the inheritance of the Holy Ghost. I got the side deed. Ain't nobody going to be guarding no gate. No. I won't be no stranger. No. No. <laughs> say, there he is. We've been expecting you. Amen. Hey. There's a lot up here for you. Yeah. Huh? Amen. <laughs> he sucked me up in everything that he is through his love. Yeah. And I have noticed, I have noticed, that while I've had nothing and had nothing in this old world, that I've been sucked up into everything that Jesus did. <coughs> and honey, it ain't only in heaven, it's sort of affected me down here. Yeah. yeah. And I've noticed that it sort of affects how people act toward me, treat me, especially those people that love yes. God. Yes, sir. But I got sense enough to know that it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God's love. That He's put in your heart and put in my heart and allowed us not only to love Him but to love one another. And honey, when that happens, you don't worry about it. God's doing something. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. When that happens, you don't worry about how things are. God is doing something. The ministry, the ministry of love.